welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jeff Macalino Podcast. So glad you chose to join me today. Uh, have a fun episode in store with you or for you. I'll get to that in a second. I hope you enjoyed uh, last week's episode with a real-life astrophysicist, uh, Jeff Zwierink. Um, that was fun for me. I didn't want to say this in any any part of the episode or the marketing uh, social media stuff for the episode. Um, but I will admit that was recorded uh, less than 24 hours after I had uh, been in Costa Rica for a bachelor party. Uh, and while I won't say I was hungover, uh, I will say my brain may have been a little foggy. Um, so hopefully you can't tell. I didn't want to say it in, in the episode because, you know, I didn't want to uh, prejudice the listener. But uh, hopefully if I I know there was a time or two I probably was a little not grasping the full concept and uh, may have had a little other issue going on as well that, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I guess I was the only one who got it. So I'm not sure what I may have eaten, but uh, yeah, you can probably guess where I'm going with that. So anyways, hope you enjoyed it. I had a blast talking to him and uh you know, hopefully I was uh, intelligent enough to hold up my end of the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Isaiah McCall. He is a New York City comedian. He is an ultra marathon, a cryptocurrency investor and author. Uh, he also has a lot, uh, he has millions of hits on his blog where he writes a lot about crypto. Uh, and he authored a book, Gold 2.0, Opening the Vault to the Secrets of Cryptocurrency. So we talk about uh, we talk about comedy. This was recorded, I believe, two days after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. So that came up uh, a little bit. You can hear what we think uh, as, you know, obviously we may be biased towards uh, people who go up on stage and telling jokes, not being physically attacked by uh, oversensitive losers in the audience. Um, so, but I don't know. You can listen to the podcast. You'll see, you'll see what we think. So, <laughs> and uh, well, that's, that's all I got to say about that. Hey, one more call I need to put out there. I've got a few projects uh, where, you know, I just don't have the video editing skills. Uh, so if you know someone who's great at video editing, uh, I've got not only myself, but a couple other people who are uh, working on some some substantial projects, um, documentaries, short films, things like that. Uh, again, not only myself, but other people who are really, you know, hitting a snag when it comes to the editing process. So if you uh, if you happen to know someone, you know, maybe a, a student uh, who's, uh, you know, uh, passionate and wants to, uh, wants a project to work on, you know, refer them over to me. They can contact me through my website or the social media stuff. Uh, and lastly, I do want to mention, go to FL teams, 
Draftmock.com. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. I've got a massive mock draft project uh, where all 32 picks of the first round will be made by a representative for each team that has a first round pick, including myself for the Saints. Uh, I'll also be hosting uh, the the event. Um, so check that out if you could. That's going to be out Tuesday, April 26th in the evening. So check it out live or you can check it out Wednesday. Uh, watch the replay of it on Facebook or YouTube uh, and uh, hope that you enjoy that. And hey, this episode is sponsored by my friends at Geology. Uh, this is the award-winning men's skincare company. They formulate customized skincare routines just for you using a handful of powerful proven ingredients that have been trusted by dermatologists for decades. Uh, if you suffer from acne, dark eye circles under your eyes, wrinkles, or sensitive skin, or if you just want to keep your skin looking young, and you don't want to shrivel up and get old like some podcast hosts. Uh, you go to Geology, you take their 30-second diagnostic quids, and their team of dermatologists will design and ship a regimen directly to your door. That simple. Uh, I use their face wash. I got their trial with their four, uh, you know, everyday products, their everyday face wash, vital morning face cream, repairing night cream, and nourishing eye cream. The nourishing eye cream, I was told by geology, gets stolen by a lot of girlfriends of the guys who order it because it does wonders for those dark circles and bags under your eyes. Um, I don't have those, but I also don't have a girlfriend, so no one to, to steal it from me. Uh, but head over to geology.com, take their skincare quiz, use the link in the show notes below with the promo code JMAC50 to let them know I sent you. Help me help you help your skin. And, uh, Help geology help me by letting them know I sent you. <laughs> so, all right, that'll do it. Enjoy the episode, me and Isaiah McCall. All right, everyone. I am very pleased to welcome to the Jeff Macalino podcast, Isaiah McCall. How are you, Isaiah? How are we doing, man? How are we doing, Jeff? Good. How are how are things up in uh, NYC? Uh, everything's going well. Um, so I just moved here from Oklahoma, and my tagline so far has been, "Oh, I'm from Oklahoma," without explaining much else. And people are like, "Oh, no way, you're from Oklahoma!" But really, I lived in I grew up in Jersey my entire life. So <laughs> people, I just literally got uh, some girls' Instagrams at the cafe earlier. I was like, "Yeah, you know, just trying to find some new people to network with and stuff." And they're like, "Oh, yeah." You're, from Oklahoma wow so it's a big it is a big radical shift though I was out there for four months so I'm still getting used to uh even though I lived here my whole life I'm getting used to it again the it's is it that much more fast-paced oh yeah definitely I've even seen the subway the first day just freaked me out again and it's been so I love that I used to see every single day but I was like man I forgot how just fast that thing comes down and it's rumbling everywhere and then being in a uh, in a closed uh, space where nobody's like talking to each other again, and in Oklahoma everybody's like saying hi to an annoying degree, you know, uh, I have to say. But <laughs> I, I was, yeah. By the time I left there, I was starting to get used to it, and that's why I think it's funniest of all. Yeah. The um, another is are masks still a thing up there in New York, or is that kind of just they are? I'm surprised because Oklahoma, I guess I got really used to it out there because it was uh, I was in Florida maybe like a year ago 
and uh, maybe less than that. But yeah, and they were they had none of that. But Oklahoma, and I was in Texas for a while too. And you wouldn't even think the. But I mean, I felt like enough time had gone by that I thought even New York would be. But when I came back, I was like, still some places it's a a mask mandate. I I forgot my mask to go on the bus yesterday, and I was like, damn it! I was like, oh man, I'm screwed. So uh, yeah, I got um I got in a tough spot because Uber obviously. A- well an international company um they still require masks when you ride and in florida i haven't carried a mask on me in i don't know a year (laughs) maybe two years (laughs) so not quite two years but close to it um and uh i i i needed an uber i was getting off a boat uh and i needed an uber home and uh a guy pulled up and was like where's your mask i'm like oh shit i forgot i'm like i'll just hold my undershirt over my face and he's like no i just drove away i'm like oh man (laughs) that's always the worst man that's because it's just like you're trying at least or at least you know have a mask that that was nice you know maybe they have a mask for you but i understand that it may they might not but that's the worst man i I just can't yeah In, in fairness i'm like come on the windows are down i'm i'm covering my face with my undershirt yeah you know I, in fairness, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed the ride very much. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Hey, you must be better than uh, someone who's going to his Uber at 2 a.m. drunk, you know? It's like, yeah, at least you're a better yes than that. And he's like cleaning up, throw up in the back. So, hey, I, if someone's covering their face, I feel that's enough. Yeah, well, I I, I do the uh, I do the 2, 3 a.m. Uber drunk quite often, but I, I don't oh, throw yeah. up. That's not my... I'm right there with you. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not... I, the amount of stories I heard about that, I'm like, God, am I feel like my life would be over if that... You know, that's not something I want to check off the bucket list. <laughs> the uh, I, I still look every once in a while. I've got a 4.91 Uber uh, rating Ooh. as a rider. And I'm like, for as nice. many times as I've been blackout drunk, that's a pretty impressive <laughs> score that I've maintained almost a perfect score. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think I have like a 4.8. I'm, I don't know where that was from. It was in something. But I'm always like, I'm just usually quieter having like a like a mild conversation, but it always irks you. You're like, who was it? Which guy was it that, yeah. uh, you know, that docks me those points? I don't remember any of them, but, you know, I will say that Oklahoma had some of the best Uber drivers. Always a conversation, always something fun. So, yeah. Well, and and you might appreciate this as a, as a stand-up. I used to be like, all right, we got – if I can get this person to start conversing with me, I'll try five minutes of material on this guy and see what works. So that's why part of me is like, I wish they'd be like, your five minute set sucks. That's why I gave you three stars. <laughs> that would be too good. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, I don't know, I haven't talked to too many other uh, like standards of how they do that. But for me, I'm always like, uh, I'll tell something that I have written down and then I'll just say it like literally like straight, like not even tell people. And I'm curious to see how they laugh about it. And then sometimes it'll be something that I actually thought was really good. I'm like, oh, and I mean, you can't, of course, judge it because you're still not doing it on stage. But I'm always like, damn, I thought they would laugh at that part, you know, like, you know, but you don't tell anybody. But it would be pretty funny just to introduce uh, sets into an Uber driver. It could be, yeah. a, it's a good show. Well, a lot of times I feel like, and I'm not offensive or anything like that, uh, you know, racially or sexist wise or anything like that. But sometimes I'm worried that people won't get the intricacies. So I will admit sometimes I'm like, all right, my Uber driver's a woman. Let me see if she laughs at this. <laughs> because yeah. that, I don't want to offend women with this joke. So let me see how <laughs> she takes it. <laughs> it's a lot of testing the waters nowadays. And sometimes you'll be surprised because, uh, 
in New York, at least, like sometimes you'll you'll get yeah, very sensitive kind of crowd, but other times, man, people will just tear into some things that you you reminds you of the, the old days, you know. So it's always it's interesting. We still are definitely uh, we're not all emblematic of Twitter, you know. I, I've heard. Uh, I was listening to uh, I think it was Mark Norman, who's out of New York, obviously, and uh, Bert Kreischer, who's now in L.A., and they were talking about the difference, and it's like. New York's still different than any other market when it comes to doing comedy. It's just the crowds can be different. I, I've obviously never been there. But yeah. Not doing comedy. I was there as a child, but uh, no, I was, was just trying to cover my nose usually when I walked through the city because the smell <laughs> was was not great to me. Oh, man, I hear that from everybody who comes here. They're always like, my God. That's the one thing I didn't have to get readjusted to, but I did have to get... Um, my allergies were killing me and I might've been, I don't know if it was a stress with a mixture of just like being back in this densely populated area, but it's funny that they, uh, that Mark Norman and uh, Burke Kreider say that because yeah, you can definitely find there's so many neighborhoods here that you can go to some neighborhoods where you can just like let loose. Like I was in the Bronx and they, it was like a straight, it was literally on the street and it, like you could tell the crowd was like we want you to push it as far as you guys can push it so you get a lot i don't know if you get crowds like that um really i say the midwest has pretty good comedy but but um it's just not the same kind of crowd or uh, impact and i never uh, checked it in the out in florida yeah we have in uh in tampa we have side splitters and i saw i went and saw mark, mark norman there gosh um, actually exactly a month ago i think okay. um and uh and uh former guest on the podcast is his feature act so he he did he sean murphy who's also up in new york he killed uh mark norman killed and he really you know obviously he knew this was nobody's recording this and everything but man he really uh played to the florida crowd that was kind of not feeling a lot of the uh the bullshit that goes on in the rest of the country yeah, yeah. I could definitely feel that. Yeah, he's one of those that could push the envelope in many. I think he's one of the best writers, if not like number one right now, because he just knows how to write a joke so perfectly. It's always like set up. He's like a more like playful kind of Anthony Jeselnik, who, you know, Anthony Jeselnik's like a very good comedy writer. He's not like one of my favorites, but he doesn't, you know, he knows how to write uh, jokes so well. Mark Norman's kind of that same way where he's like perfect at it. Yeah, well, he, uh, Mark Norman, Jesselnick's a good one to add in, and Sam Morell, who, uh, those guys, I, now Jesselnick has started to add in a few stories, and Sam Morell's had a couple here or there, but I, I admire Mark Norman because I can only do stand-up when it's like, literally, here's, here's my thoughts and life experiences and stories. Mm -hmm. I can't sit there and just make shit up with a, uh, a you know, a pen and paper, like he just... Their brains work differently. Mark Norman, I don't think he's ever told a real story that's actually happened on stage. Uh, he <laughs> all just, the way down, all the way down to his last uh, line, where he's like, "I'm Kevin Hart. See you guys later." Yeah, it's and like, he still uses that. Later. By the way, <laughs> I know. I I saw him uh, three months ago here in, in New York, and it was uh, it was he it was awesome seeing him live. Yeah, yeah. He he's one who uh, fortunately he's one like Jesselnick who can pretty much get away with saying anything at this point yeah Which, not so many people like that no no it's not a uh it's not a now <laughs> i've talked to uber drivers who have been like 
I had one Uber driver who I, I, I was practicing. He was cracking up at my jokes. I'm like, this is great. And then he's like, yeah, comedy's dead nowadays. Cause they can't say, uh, he said a really <laughs> offensive word and I don't remember what it was. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't the worst one. <laughs> oh, I had, I had an Uber driver say that in Oklahoma and me and this guy were super tight and I'm like, you know, I'm black dude in the back, but he said it in a way where he just started bringing up the word, you know, he wasn't like, so I, you know, I know, I don't get me wrong. I know so many people are just bringing up the word straight up like that. They would have like told him the guy to pull over and probably called the police. So it's like, that's why it, but for me, I'm like, no, this guy, because he was, we were both, my favorite uh, comic is probably Patrice O'Neill. And he was like a huge Patrice O'Neill guy, this, uh, this dude. So we both were just laughing about, you know, so I feel like there's no, for me, at least, I know it's not, I've made, it's not how most people are. No. Yeah. That's uh, by the way, the uh, speaking of Patrice, I don't know if you saw Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, I did just recently saw it like five minutes before I even hopped on here. That's why I was like, no way. Comedians are I mean, dropping at a fast rate lately. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a lot of comedians. I don't know how I feel about the next generation still. I know there always will be good comics, but I always uh, argue about people with like Bo Burnham uh, and like a yeah. few others. It's just because it's like they're, I know you're on the super duper talented way, like, you know, levels way beyond me, but it's like the comedy. I'm just never a huge fan of like what they're, uh, you know, what they're actually saying at the end of the day. Well, and I know it takes a lot of time. My concern is like the young group or the Mark Normans, who's 38 or 39 or something. Yeah. And Sam Morrell, same age. Um, you know, they're, they're the young ones. And it's like, I'm concerned a little bit about the comics in their twenties coming yeah. up because they grew up in a really, you know, plastic bubble type, you know, very sensitive <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know how they're gonna be <laughs> i don't know either yeah because the 30 year olds i will say are pretty good tim Dillon's probably my favorite uh like contemporary comedian but i would say um yeah for 20s it's, it's gonna be a hit or miss man because a lot of them it's like they treat it as activism or they treat it as like this is my you know like almost like it's a poetry slam thing or something like that and it's like you know i think even Whitney cummings who i'm uh I love her in podcasts, but not too much of her comedy, but she, uh, she'd always say, it's like, we're court gestures, you know, like we're not supposed to, you know, like you're not supposed to take everything we say like seriously, you know, and it seems that that element is uh, lost even on comedians, which you would think that mm -hmm. I hear that he's so like a camaraderie amongst comedians that now has like been dead for a long time, which is unfortunate. Do you, uh, one event and this podcast will come out in two weeks and this will still be something that people are talking about. Mm -hmm. um, one event I thought maybe galvanized comedians a little bit was Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Ah, uh, yes. Because I feel <laughs> like it's all like, whoa, whoa, you know, the Kathy Griffins, the Adam Carollas and the, you know, all, every comedian, anyone, Jim Carrey, who's yeah. more well known as an actor, you know, but yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely stand up. Uh, and he was, he was very well-spoken and incredibly furious about the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's like, maybe this unites like, Hey, see, you guys are getting pissed off about jokes. Yeah. Kill the fuck out and let us do our jobs. Or just <laughs> don't, don't, don't use comedy anymore. Just. <laughs> yeah. And I hope we don't get to that spot, you know, where it feels that comedy basically, 
is and, and I mean, a lack for better terms is like gone basically, you know, and it's just kind of becomes just, uh, I don't even know, just like, yeah, literally what it's kind of evolving into now. But I will say like you, like you just said, is that the, uh, that one moment was a unifying thing for uh, comedians, which is interesting to see. I mean, I don't know how far it'll push, you know, cause it's not one of those things that's like, well, now we have the the winds, you know, at our back again, we can take this forever. Cause it feels like it's kind of fizzled out now, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. I, I hope it uh, moves things in a positive direction. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I definitely know every comedian probably in the country had a bit about it. Yeah. And I, frankly, I just want to see Louis CK on stage again without having to oh, go yeah. to the <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. Um, I got on Twitter. There were so many things I wouldn't have, I could couldn't touch like with that. I was like, I like, it, it is like there's so many people that are just saying like this guy, like did all this, he shouldn't have won, and like you know all, the, and it's just like Jesus, man. Like people want you to like lose your money and like your livelihood like forever for things that they don't even know full pictures of most of the time. No, like, okay. yeah, the worst case scenario is the dude asked chicks if he could masturbate in front of them and they thought mm-hmm. he was joking and he wasn't. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, Patrice O'Neill would always say where, and this is messed up, but and I'll probably, who knows, it'll give me hot water, but it's like girls can think afterwards. It's like, I didn't like that. So I'm just going to like tell somebody it was, you know, and I mean, you see that in colleges enough, you know, every single co- I literally, when I was in college, that was a joke. People would be like, Oh, make sure you, you know, get your, get it, get a, an agreement in, in, in words, you know, or to sign it before. And I'd be like, what? That's so stupid, man. But you never know. And uh, with Lucy K, it definitely was, it's not even the most kinky thing you could think of, you know, it's like, it, oh, like it's who, just weird. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not even because people treat it like it's some really kinky, weird kind of, you know, thing. And it's like, you look at a little Nas X video where you're showing like six year old kids. It's like, we're in a much, like, come on, people like they just, they're such these hypocrites, you know. There's literally a website called Chatterbait. Really? Not, not really. that I'm intimately familiar. I just saw a pop-up for it when I, I knew was on Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, I knew as soon as I, as I didn't know. I was like, well, let me preface this. Hold up. But, I mean, that's too funny. I mean, hey, everybody knows at least. So, like, you just hear about it. But it's like, that. I, 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 that doesn't surprise me. I mean, Chat Roulette was huge when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, all these, like, things that were – so i mean god you know it's just we've gone far off the deep end for that but when it serves us we're allowed to like you know be mad at louis ck for like treating him like harvey weinstein essentially when that's not what he did yeah there's there's you know there's no uh there's no layers in judgment like you murder someone you have sex with a kid you masturbate in public like those are not the same things (laughs) Yeah, it's really a modern day witch trial, uh, essentially, which is, uh, it's unfortunate to see, but that's kind of what Twitter, I mean, it's, I do like that, you know, if you talk to people face to face, they never really have, or even if they do, you can very easily convince them otherwise. You're like, well, did you read the story? Like, literally, they're always like, I didn't read it. And it's like, oh, well, they literally admit to themselves, like, yeah, well, you have some information that I actually don't know. But on Twitter, it's like, of course, we'll never get that kind of experience. And I know that's not, no. uh, yeah, that's not how everyone is, but it's probably like the biggest. I mean, after the Elon Musk news, I mean, it shows that it's like, it is like, even though everybody's like, it's dying, it's, it is probably the biggest place of discourse, I would say, probably in the world at the moment. Yeah, it's, uh, 
Now, I will say, I've got a 12-year-old daughter, and uh, she's like, I think only old people are on Twitter now. I'm like, what are the young kids on Instagram? She's like, not the young kids, like the older kids, like, you know, the ones in their 20s. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm so old. (laughs) I'm only 35. (laughs) Yeah, I believe her. I believe her because I know everybody is is on uh, TikTok and everything like that. But that's the thing is like Twitter, maybe one day it will turn to a Facebook. You know, Facebook now just, I like cringe. Just look at it. Just look, it just looks old. It looks like, like the Unabomber manifesto, you know, type. It just looks, it doesn't look like, it's like a dark web kind of website now. It's just everyone spouting off dumb, stupid. It's, it's scary. I had, uh, cause I have a, I have a Facebook page for the podcast. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll spend a few bucks to promote. And I swear to God, everybody who interacts is a dude over the age of 65. And I'm like, yeah, I, I see the metrics. Like that's like 8% of my audience. So maybe that's probably a large <laughs> amount actually. So I don't know. <laughs> maybe yeah. I'm not doing what I think I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I'm trying to kill this group of people, but you know, the boomers are taking over at this point, but that is uh pretty funny. That's basically who's on there now. I just, I, I don't like the, I don't know, maybe that's what happens. I always love that that Dark Knight quote where it's like you you live long enough to see yourself become the villain at some point, you know, or you, you're just basically out of touch with people and it's like you're, you're just so deep that nobody can tell you otherwise, like, you know, so I think Facebook is just, it's the worst thing that <laughs> has ever happened to humanity. And I mean, I'm curious to see what they do with the metaverse, but I don't know. Yeah, well, it it's you know when face I think my generation like I just went to a bachelor party a couple weeks ago in Costa Rica and every single person in that bachelor party, uh, ranging from probably thirty to fifty in age, uh, were on Facebook because that was how we communicated through a Facebook yep. message uh, group. Uh, but my generation, I remember Facebook starting. And I was a senior in high school and my older sister got a page. She's like, when you start college, you get your college email and I'll sign mm-hmm. you up for Facebook. And that was like a big deal. So I think it's like, I'm probably yeah. the the young end of people who are like, yeah, I'm still holding on. I remember <laughs> when it was cool when I was yeah. 18. <laughs> yeah, I would say, because I it did happen at like a, at a culturally, uh, like I would say relevant part of my life too. It's like, cause I was in middle school when it got big for us. And I remember having my first like girlfriend through Facebook. Like she actually, it literally reminds me of like dating apps now. Cause like, we didn't tell each other in real life that we liked each other. We just literally messaged each other. <laughs> so it was one of those things. And then that's why it is, it is have like an impact on us. I don't know why we like people, uh, I'm 25. So I don't know why we were so easily able to like get rid of it maybe it's just like kind of like your you know your daughter it's like something new and better kind of even though i don't think people really gravitate to twitter for me i don't know what it would be i guess instagram i guess you know i know they're owned by facebook so i i guess instagram yeah i hate my biggest followings on twitter okay uh, and i hate that for two reasons one is because twitter silences your tweets if you try to link to something like God, you have that. to pay to play on on twitter like a, a normal tweet, I got between 13 and 1400 followers on Twitter, not a ton, but you know, enough to get engagement when I make a tweet. Yeah. And, uh, if I post something like I posted a video I put out on YouTube today, uh, of me, uh, uh making and eating the Airland and sea burger from McDonald's that discussing monstrosity. 
Oh, you'll definitely have to bring, tell me what that is, because I'm not sure. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. But it got like one fifth of my normal engagement because I put a link to the video and I'm like, I guess, guess I should have just typed go to YouTube and try to find it yourself. Um, yeah. The algorithms, man. It's kind of sad that that's why, like, I do hope i'm like almost like uh like i'm i'm in a weird place i really do hope crypto and tries to do something with all the these systems but it is it is a uh like fight you know you're going upstream you know you're fighting against a current so it's not easy because yeah it sucks that we're at the slavery of like algorithms at this point you got to learn them it's like yeah you might as well just give college courses on this stuff at this point yeah well it, it's created a whole new generation of careers these yeah. seo yeah. optimizers and the yeah. these you know google ads experts and everything and it's like right and and my podcast has just gotten to the point where i get 60 emails a week from pr people and from marketing people and it's mm -hmm. like all right I, I i don't know who to trust like that's a yeah every day it's like a few emails for me too where it's like hey we'll help you rank your uh your page and it's like i don't need that I don't, it's like putting your email out there is once you get like a little bit of a following, it's a dangerous thing. And then there's like, uh, it's everything, man. Yeah. It's, it's a rough world. Well, I, I started a website probably close to a year ago, creatively named like the podcast. It's jeffmacalino.com. And I put a contact thing on there and it did take me a while to realize all of those contacts go to my spam folder. But regardless, <laughs> it used to be like once a month, maybe. And now okay. it's like, I have to check my spam folder every day because they still all go to my spam folder. <laughs> yeah. Like, but somebody showed me and I don't know how this happened because I don't play any games or anything. They're like, Google your name. I'm like, oh, I did this a year ago and my page doesn't even show up. Now the first result is my website. I'm like, I don't know how that happened, but I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, if people Google me. They at least go to my page. <laughs> that's yeah, that's nice. That is a nice. It is funny how we people always get uh, upset about this uh, concept of digital real estate, but like we kind of have it on Google already. You know, it's like oh my god, I'm at the front. You know, I got Boardwalk. I got I got Park Place. You know, like I'm doing good. I'm doing good things now. So it is yeah. pretty funny. It's well, it, it you know, and it's I feel like it's one of those things that's going to continue because they've created a cottage industry for yeah, you know. If if that went away, there'd be millions of people your age, my age, even that lose jobs <laughs> because it's like, well, that's what I did. I did this opt marketing optimization shit and mm -hmm. you can't take that away from me or I'm going to be homeless. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it's it has happened so quickly. And I guess you just have to. I know people always bring up all these different innovations and in, in humanity, but man, did it happen quickly. And man, did I feel like, and for me, went to college. I feel like they were not, did not know how to, they could not keep up like one-to-one -one with the world. And I mean, that's why I just tell everybody it's just a bad deal. Like you can't get professional. You might as well just go off into the world and try your thing out because there's so many nuances. Y'all, you're saying SEO. It's like, uh and more much more do you have this point i know the seo people are like way over that they're like into other like stuff that you know yeah. I, i'm like oh i didn't know that was a thing and at this point so funny because i've been looking at uh writers too on uh on the uh, website i work on uh medium and i see people using like ai writers and it's like at this point it's like wow it's like really a battle of information at this point like you know what kind of weird niche website service
offer something that will make your life 10 times easier. Yeah. And I, I, I want to talk about your blog and, uh, and your book and about cryptocurrency, but real oh, quick yeah? to jump back to that land air and sea burger. It's oh yeah. A, I, didn't, I was just about to ask about that. <laughs> so, so it's called the land air and sea burger and they advertise it. It's a big Mac. The picture of it, it's a big Mac with a McChicken inserted on top and a filet of fish inserted on the bottom. Wow. Now that's that's next level. That's... So the first time I order this, I assume we're talking it, like it I comes together. Bigger than my hand. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a it's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> but I assumed it came together and no, they come as three separate items. Got and it. I'm like. I'm not getting my hands dirty to make this thing. It's bullshit. Um, yeah. Well, I got I got drunk a few nights ago, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna make it because Uber Eats was giving <laughs> a free Big Mac if you ordered fifteen dollars worth of other food, and I'm like, yeah. well, it's just asking for it. <laughs> to yeah, do it funny. at this point. <laughs> and luckily, drunken me decided to video it on my phone, oh, and stupidly, I I did it horizontally instead of vertically. Uh, that sucks. So not not the best video quality. Plus, hearing me chew probably not the best audio either. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I showed it to a couple of people. They're like, "This is hilarious." And plus, nobody, everyone's curious about this thing, but no one's gonna want to eat it themselves. So nah. there'll be a market for it. And I'm like, "All right, I'll put it on YouTube." And and uh, well, you know. People listening to the podcast, you can go to the YouTube page and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not going to find it on Twitter. <laughs> no, you're definitely not. That's I've heard. I had something similar when I was in. I want to say early years of college, but it was called the Mick Gang Bang, which I definitely was not on the McDonald's menu. It's funny because you always had that friend that would say, "Go get them. Just ask them. They'll know what you want." And I, I maybe in some parts of New Jersey, but it was not in most of them. But it was a yeah, it was just like that. It was a McDouble with a McChicken in, in between the McDoubles. So you just pulled one patty. But I just couldn't believe combining three burgers. Now, that, I was like, okay, I'm guessing it's some kind of combination. I'm like, whoa, it's like, did you keep, did you have to remove buns like in it? Yeah, so there was four wasted buns that in this makes whole process. The filet of fish yeah. and the McChicken buns were just trash. Yeah, it's okay, like, that makes sense, yeah. Well, I, and I, drunkenly, I'm doing this and I'm like, well, I guess you save some carbs doing it this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go yeah that's the funniest part yeah i mean you know what the, the gross part was the the fish the yeah i would fish imagine doesn't it doesn't mix. taste well yeah that's why i like the uh the mcgangbang because you put like a little sweet and sour sauce on it i don't know i always thought it tasted uh pretty good and i had mcdonald's first time when i was driving back for in a long time uh driving back from oklahoma to new york and i was like I was like, God, I could just use some salt and some some heat and some kind of like delicious thing in my mouth right now. And I was like, let's just go for it. And I just like went off. I, I was like, whenever you go to McDonald's, like when you haven't been in a while, you just go crazy. You're like, get me. I was like, I got like just like, I went on. I, I was surprised how good a quarter pounder was. I haven't had it in a while. And I was like, oh, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, people, I, I think the problem with McDonald's is people compare it to like this nice burger joint, like the, you yep. know, makes real good burgers with fine. And it's like, it, they're not the same thing. This is fast no. food. Go eat a McDonald's cheeseburger and you'll be like, this is tasty. I don't, I, if you're lying to yourself, if, if you oh, say yeah. it was, it's, it tastes good. 
It's we're, terrible we're, for you. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred. You can't eat it every single day, or even every week, almost. It's like maybe you could. Well, every week you probably if you pace yourself and you're like doing you're doing well with uh, the rest of your days. You're not going crazy because uh, <laughs> Tim Dillon would always make a great bet. Or he'd say we can't have healthcare in the, or free healthcare in this country unless we put the army and the national guard around Arby's and around <laughs> Denny's and around IHOP. And I'm like, yeah, he's. He's kind of right. Like, how are we going to, you know, it's like at, having your cake and eating it too. It's like, come on now. We're just going to keep eating and let us all pay for it. You it's know, a, It's a little ironic that Tim Dillon's making that argument. Oh yeah. He, <laughs> he, he would say I'm, I'm steak. I'm steakhouse fat. He's like, I eat like, you know, like these like really high quality, even though he, he would, he always does talk about every now and then, like maybe every episode, like Domino's or something else, but yeah. <laughs> He probably, he just is, he's the type of guy that you listen to him long enough, you're like, he'll make fun of everybody. Those are my favorite comedians. He'll make fun of every, he just, he'll just go around in circles. That's why if you take him straight up, like he'll always like have this thing of like, don't follow your dreams. Like you're not going to make it. And I'm like, you you gotta like take, you can't just listen to, you know, he's doing this to make fun of you guys and you shouldn't, you know, I know some people get so disheartened by everything he says. Yeah, well, that's, you know, the funny thing, it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, is with some comedians, 90 to 95% of what comes out of their mouth is completely fabricated and bullshit. Yeah. Now, it yeah. can still be hilarious and groundbreaking and, and awesome. Hold, like a grain of truth in it, that you have to still be like, yeah, he's right about that, but he's being yeah. hyperbolic, you know? Yeah, well, that's, I, Mark Norman, uh, his thing is always the, uh, uh, now I'm forgetting the word, it's not a metaphor, but it's he just he he looks for the 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 uh, the equivalent thing. I'm, uh, oh, my, simile. There, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, my my English or teacher would synonym? be synonym. Maybe synonym. Yeah, kind of. Um, it's the thing they used to test you on in the SATs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like I, this is to this, like this is to this, and uh, I want to say simile then. No, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's simile. It's, maybe it's it isn't. this is to this is this is to that. I feel like maybe it's a, a syllogism, possibly. I, I think it starts with an A, so that might be it. That's I was thinking something that starts with an A. Analogy, is that it? Oh, analogy. Yep, there you go. But yeah, dude, okay. I'm thinking too hard for it. I'm like under <laughs> these like journalistic terms. I'm like I don't know what it is. Yeah, but it, he just thinks of like you know this is to this is this is to this, except for he makes the two things so ridiculously crazy that it's like yeah. no one would ever think of that, but he's right. He's right. Yeah, I know. And that's why this makes him a genius for sure. And that's what I like about those, the comedians in their thirties right now, like the ones that are really killing it, Andrew Schultz, uh, Tim Dillon, Mark Norman, is that they really do have just really different styles, you know, and you got to love to see it. It's a, I hope we, have like a new generation of uh of comedians like that because it is nice so even whitney cummings all these people it's like um it's like wow they just really they really are like very eclectic group you know yeah no i i think i think comedy is uh you know this predates both of us but comedy's always been kind of counterculture like mm-hmm. the thing that's like nah if society's going too far this way it's our job to be like nah no come back yeah 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 um and i do think some comedians who got a little too entangled with hollywood probably uh maybe lost their way (laughs) um but again most of them with the will smith thing 
came kind of came roaring back to comedy like whoa no 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 that's not cool <laughs> we're didn't we're not doing this game <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm i was glad to see it i and I, I do agree it's like now you can get a movie deal and you can get just from it's very very easy for comedians if you get a little bit of fame especially if you go to an snl i was just listening to a joe rogan podcast before this and i was like they were talking to hit bill mayor bill maher on and it was just like uh they're I started that. <laughs> yeah i was like oh no this is yeah it's one that Every now and then he'll post a clip and I'll be like, because I still don't ever check up to date on the Spotify, but if he posts a clip on YouTube, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'll check out. I want to see what he has to say. Um, but yeah, I was like, yeah, he's, he's, it's just very, very easy. I mean, all the late night show hosts, it's very easy to just like sell out. I mean, God, and so many of them, and they weren't like drop, you know, like I'm not on the floor laughing like Jimmy Fallon or someone else, but they had talent, you know, like they had, they weren't sure he, he broke character on SNL and stuff, but he wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, he's a complete hack, you know. Now it's like, Jesus Christ, this guy's like just gone way on to a point where it's like, is that guy even like a human being anymore? He's just like a husk, you know, of yeah. just like ideas and things. And you're like, what happened to this guy? Yeah. Well, I, the, my son, uh, he loves The Office. He's nine years old. So borderline appropriate, but yeah, that's, I feel like at the place we're at in society, the office is what you'd show a kid. Yeah, now at this point. Yeah, it, it's it's cl- close enough, and I I don't think he gets the things that he shouldn't get. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there you go. But it's on Comedy Central, so I DVR it, and Trevor Noah comes on, and my son will watch it and be like, "This is he's the worst. He's not yeah. funny at all." And I'm like, you know, I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> no. and he has another one that i wouldn't put him in like the bo burnham category like he has his stand-up like some it's pretty solid like it's not but then once you get on a show it's like well this is what you got to do now it's like this is and they just i guess the money is uh, i don't know i don't know enough people in that world to really i just only know like really stand-up comedians that are like have they're like panhandling on the streets like after a show so <laughs> i don't think <laughs> i don't think i know anyone in that world yet but uh but yeah, it is. It is un. Uh, it is unfortunate to uh, to see so many, especially like these are the faces, you know, so quote unquote like faces of comedy at this point, right? You know? Well, and that that was part of the game back in the day. Again, before when maybe I was a child and you were not born, uh, like Jay Leno and David Letterman were the two best stand-ups out there when they got their two late night shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching the Comedy Cellar documentary. And they were saying Jay Leno was the best. Nobody touched him at stand-up. So, yeah, he got the Tonight Show. And David Letterman was, you know, cream of the crop. Which Of course. Yeah, yeah. great rivalry there. And now it's like, well, Jimmy Fallon, he was – I've never even – I've never even seen his stand-up, I don't think. I mean, his sketch comedy acting was okay. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. I don't think he ever did stand up. He also did sketch comedy. He used to be yeah. very funny, and I think he's. Uh, I think he went a little too hardcore into politics. Which as is well. crazy. He, I, he, I think, he used to be kind of a little counterculture in the beginning, but not, not. Yeah, now he's probably the biggest sellout, maybe of all of them. 
it seems like that on television way. And that kind of stuff yeah it's like come on dude you're crying like jimmy Fallon, i don't think has cried on television before no like, i from, right. from what i've heard jimmy jimmy fallon is uh a bit as i as i'm pouring a drink yeah no, I love <laughs> well that's what jimmy fallon's main interest is so he's like as long as i can afford my booze i don't care what you make me say there you go television. yeah at this point it does feel like he's bald and chained like him like jimmy to the to the desk it feels like it, it just like there's like it really if someone wanted to say someone sold their soul to the devil you know and they're they're like working for like these like evil corporate conglomerate types and like i'd say it's jimmy Fallon. like jimmy kimmel he's just you're just like this guy like is the devil like the fact that you're just like manipulating people you know i, I just can't and stephen colbert probably is another one like just straight up satan like this guy at this when point I, when and i god saw- did you I grew see up the, on him, you know? the, the vaccine thing where he oh, had, that's, what, that's what i was alluding to yeah oh my god that was the most cringy thing i think i've ever seen on television i don't know what is going on over there that's like one of those i love how people still love to say oh it's glitching the matrix it's like we have been glitching for a few like like a very good amount of years now at this point that one is just like what are we doing here? You know, and I don't know. I think it's just, we just live in different worlds. You know, we live in different worlds and I think it's too obvious now to a lot of people that it just really messes with them. Cause I know they probably, they just conflate. If you're against this vaccine then you're all against all vaccines. So like doing a vaccine dance, you know, that that's like really the right way to go. But you're like, dude, no, you're, you're making people, you know, just ostracizing them to uh, to another another way, you know, another level of ostracization. It's like Jesus, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a weird. You know what? I, I'm I just, it popped into my head, and I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Adam Carolla, who's basically yeah, Jimmy Kimmel's best enough. friend. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know what would have been funny is him doing that. Yes, that would be funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> like that would have been like, all right, I get it. That's funny. Like, yes. Like completely ironic. It's like, this is what we're doing. Saturday Night Live does the same thing. It's like, they've just been playing the same hand for years and years. They, they mean, just God. recently, I feel like the last couple episodes, I'm like, oh, they're actually making fun of Joe Biden. Yeah. Oh, they have to. <laughs> the most make funnable president is terrible. As <laughs> It was, and as shitty of a person as he is, you put that all aside. Joe Biden is clearly senile. There's, yeah. there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot you can, especially for Saturday Night Live. Like it's like you would just, you could just eat it all up. You know, it's like you get so many things, and I know it's unfortunate, man. I really do think it's unfortunate to see that in media, especially. And it's another thing too is just that. I have so many older cousins that are just like, ah, all media's trash, music's trash, TV's trash. And there still are niche people like Tim Dillon and Mark Norman. But it's like, it is like you have to do the work now to find these people. Yeah. Yeah. And and nowadays, I, I tell people, it's like, well, media at this point, if you want the news, go to podcasts. Don't go to television. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. On podcast, uh even there's a, I follow a great uh, YouTube channel, Breaking Points. Uh, they were, it's like a, a, liber- a liberal and a, and a conservative type. They're on Joe Rogan, uh, Crystal and Sager. And there it's just, uh, there's so many great news outlets, but someone like my mom, who's even 49 years old, it's like, it's kind of hard to be like, Hey, get your news from YouTube. And it is, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. How this all sets up for what's coming. 
I completely forget the news story, but I remember telling my mother, and this is a legitimate news story that I, again, I can't remember. She's like, well, they didn't talk about it on Good Morning America. I'm like, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, man. Yeah, I hope they get rid of, uh, I hope television dies, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I mean, it's unfortunately, it's hopefully inevitable. <laughs> hopefully. Oh, I know. They're, my my uh, concern, and someone like Jordan Peterson always says, is like, there'll be like a big kick and scream before that. And I think we're seeing a little bit of it now. And I think, I don't know, a kick and scream could be enough attention to keep them you know keep that rudder going for a little bit because i definitely think some people oh they're overestimated like i'll be gone and five you know youtube's taking over and all these other but now youtube's turning into television so yeah we gotta burn deep shit (laughs) yeah i think i think that's part of the problem is the new media becomes the old media before the old media is gone which is ridiculous i mean i mean i guess i understand it because i didn't grow up in the the you know mtv golden years of television when it's like I, I i grew up on adult swim so i got like a little bit of a taste of it. it's like wow tv feels like it can do anything you know we can make whatever we want but i definitely grew up in like a centralized top-down control type uh tv but now you're seeing that with uh the, all the media we have now and it's you know youtube used to be the most like dumbass place to go on the internet you know for things that you wanted to look up yeah, prank videos and, and yes yeah <laughs> animal montages charlie bit me <laughs> charlie bit me yeah the <laughs> chocolate rain guy all this other crazy stuff but yeah so so uh sorry we got so caught up in conversation i i delayed <laughs> the, the uh the teaser that i left about crypto no problem so you've got the blog which I, uh, and you've got a book, Gold 2.0, Opening the Vault to the Secrets of Cryptocurrency. Yes. Um, the blog, I'm, I, I first post I click on uh, recently, and I'm like, you, you, you totally tease the front of it. Like, crypto's dead. It's a dead investment. It's yeah. dead. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I'm going to cancel this guy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one that uh, really helped me blow up uh, this year. I had a few good articles. I started off as a fitness guide, just writing about. I was a, I did a lot of old, like, really long marathon runs and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to be a fitness guy. But I love fitness, but I, I really love finance, like, a lot more, to be honest. So one thing with crypto, and uh, I hesitate to say I'm an investor in it because it's like, that's fair. I, I toss money into it on occasion when I can. Um, yeah. I've got more crypto probably than the average American, but not mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't have a full Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so it's, and I've been arguing about this for years with people and a lot of my friends are well-to-do finance people and i do remember when i first started arguing about this was i think 2016 2017 and uh they won't they won't accept the fact nowadays that i was right and they were wrong but (laughs) that usually does happen they just forget the fact that i was arguing them about it not the fact that crypto is good the one the one thing that I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a relatively intelligent person. I just don't like to do research. Uh, I still don't. So my biggest draw to cryptocurrency 
is that it's not fiat currency. Yes, you can probably definitely. tell I'm a little anti-government. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but, I would think most people in Florida have to be. Yeah, well, it doesn't help the libertarians get votes, but, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, I. I don't understand, especially the thing that's really thrown me even more. So I understand crypto a little bit. There's only a certain amount that gets mined. And, and mm-hmm. you know, again, it's like what the gold standard was intended to be. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, the craze is NFTs. And I don't know if that, tie, I assume that kind of is crypto adjacent or maybe yeah. it is crypto. I don't understand that at all. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a definitely, I, I'm trying to think of a great analogy for it, but it's definitely in a branch uh, within it. You know, it was created through uh, uh, crypto. So, I, and that's one that I, I've gone back and forth on. I've gone back and forth on crypto a lot, which I think is a healthy thing to do, to be honest, even as someone who writes about it all the time. I worked for a crypto company outside of Baltimore, and that guy, the guy I worked for was in Bitcoin since 2013, but he was, he was like, not, he was ride or die to the end, you know, but for me, I, I don't know. I like, I go back and forth. So for crypto, I, I like to, um, I like to use a, a weird word. I just thought of it right now. I use this word Pollyanna-ish where people are very un they're optimistic to an unhealthy kind of uh, degree. What will happen? What I'm hope what I'm hoping is, which I think will happen, is you know, like any good capitalist product, it's gonna have throw competition into the different industries they'll compete with. And I know a lot of people think then because it's competing against the US dollar that it might then oh, it's gonna be banned. But I think there's too much adoption with uh, just pe- not even just like elite, you know, and institutions, but regular people. And um for other thing, I don't, I, I don't know, and I've been to in Miami actually. I've been to an NFT art exhibit, and it, it was like a like we smell our own farts kind of thing. And like I wore like a VR headset to like look and interact with the thing, and somebody yelled at me, She's like, "Oh, you're not doing it properly." And I'm like, "Oh, this thing sucks." <laughs> but yeah, so I will say, if crypto is still on the horizon, which I think it still has some time to grow, because even though people are saying, "Hey, Super Bowl commercials, we have all this stuff now," and I think the vast majority of Americans still couldn't if they wouldn't be able to explain what cryptocurrency is or really like kind of grasp the uh importance of it so nfts which i think are more popular than crypto in some way but they're another abstract thing and then we have the metaverse and we also have web3 which there's little like little concepts in between crypto which they're uh we'll see if all them pan out i don't know if all they all will it's uh one thing I remember going back to my earlier debating days of this was, mm-hmm. you know, Bitcoin was the the brand name. Yep. And even I, I was always from the little bit of research I did. It's like that's that's the brand. But Ethereum's the technology. All the yeah. coins are based on Ethereum, not Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, so so since then, I was always like, well, if I'm going to throw money and I'm going to put more in ethereum than bitcoin because but again i'm an idiot who doesn't actually do that much research well you definitely know a lot like you said a lot more than most which i i i think that's a and you if you were you're probably debating it before i did because um i just one of those when i got like 11 years old (laughs) i know that's what i'm saying i always i always saw you know when people say oh i wish i was into crypto it's like 
there was no shot I'd really be into it that uh but I I was only I'm only into it like probably like four three four three three or four years at this point and uh at that when I got into it I was one of those people that just was obsessed and read everything I have an addictive personality so I was like let me just l- read everything and learn everything but Different at this addiction. point yeah there you go <laughs> we, all have, we all have something no we all have something yeah life's about the vices you know so, but after a while, usually things like that fizzle like for fitness. Like I still do fitness, but I'm not as intensely passionate about it as I used to. Um, and same thing with crypto. Like I do, I'm glad the book's done because I, I just want to be, you know, I want to keep writing about crypto, but I don't want to be the crypto guy uh, all the time because I think a lot of people do get, uh, they get like typecasted into that role. So, I think there, there will be things that uh, work out. And for me, it's Bitcoin and Ethereum are going to be the two that well, have the highest chance of staying around for different reasons, too. Like Bitcoin is the most simple protocol that just does one thing, just like a, it's just a savings account, essentially. Like basically just gold. It really is gold 2.0 in the sense that it's just, you know, here you go. Store your money. And inside that's just like uh, what people say has artificial scarcity, but people are using their electricity to mine this stuff. So it is grounded to reality in some sense. Um, and then Ethereum is just just making like a whole new internet, which it's just like, some people say the scope is too big. It's like, you know, that in it, that uh, like doing what it's going to do, it might just blow up. <laughs> but I guess we'll see, you know, and I, I'm enjoying, those are two that I, I would ride or die on, you know, I've, I've died on some other shit coins. So I'd rather just have the, really ride or die on those two i will tell you and i'm talking like hundred dollars here or there not major investments but i i've always picked the right shit coins and when they go up like 250 uh, percent convert it to bitcoin convert it to ethereum there you go yeah there you go that's the way to do it right there honestly because i think that would be i'm not sure but i think that wouldn't be taxable in the sense because you're converting up so i think i think that the I think right, since since you're not taking a, a cash payout, mm-hmm. so least, you're good. Yeah, yeah. At least I've never reported it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm very worried uh, at this point because I do have a like you know significant chunk in crypto, and I'm like, oh god, the the amount of crypto because you can do crypto transactions so easily and effortlessly that I'm like, oh god, like I hope I got everything down. And the IRS isn't like watching this podcast. I'm like, all right, we got them here. I'm like, oh boy. Well, you know, it's funny. I've never taken money I've put into crypto out. I've converted okay. it to other crypto. I've never taken it out. And again, um, I haven't put a shit ton of money in, but I think I've made like a thousand percent return, like yeah. ridiculous amounts. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I only wish I put in more money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the uh, the for, the forever dilemma in investing. It's always like it's always like, damn it, I shouldn't have put more mo- so much money in when you're in a GameStop situation, and damn it, I should have put more in when you're probably on the opposite end of the GameStop situation and it's booming up. But oh uh, man, that that in itself is, I think, another reason why we needed crypto because I was I did actually put like a little money and nothing too crazy. I just wanted to like have fun with it. But seeing Robinhood shut down trading, which is just so many things. I think we like in America, we have the memory of goldfish, you know, like we have mm-hmm. really, we are just awful at this kind of stuff. Cause like that is a purely authoritarian thing that just happened, you know, right in front of everybody's eyes that nobody gives a shit about. Well, do you, do you think that's in, that I, I think the exact same thing. And, and I always think, are people just, are they dumb mm-hmm. or do they willingly forget government abuse 
and just be like, hey, well, I, 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 my philosophy has always been, I'll, I'll, you know, getting political without getting political because I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, as you've probably yeah. guessed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's like there are there are too many people who are like, I don't trust myself, so I want the government to be my mommy and my daddy and tell me what yeah. I can and can't do. I said, uh, I don't know if you know who Larry Sharp is. He's running for governor of New York, actually. Uh, he okay. was on my podcast, and I told him, I'm like, wow. I debate drug uh, the drug war with people. And I'm mm -hmm. like, they're like, you think heroin should be legal? I'm like, yeah, sure. They're like, but I don't <laughs> want to do heroin. I'm like, yeah, I didn't say you should do heroin. <laughs> I yes. said it should be legal. Mm -hmm. But but their immediate, I don't want to do that. Yes, that's not the same as it being legal. not being thrown yeah. in a cage for doing it. There's a I difference. Remember, <laughs> ironically enough, I remember the Michael Moore documentary. I saw it when I was a kid, but I remember it actually opened my eye up to it where he, he went to Spain, I want to say, and all the drugs were legalized there. Portugal. Portugal. Yeah, there we go. I was like, Spain, does this sound right? Yeah, I was like, but yeah, Portugal. Um, but going back to your question, I think it really is just like it is reactionary. Um, a lot of things in a sense. And also is what we all have, which is thinking that, like you said about the government being your mommy and daddy, you just think everything's just figured out and worked out. And it kind of is upsetting. You know, it does shatter your bubble when you realize damn it, these people are just as stupid and crazy as all of us. And you realize that the systems kind of are the ones that are making it all seem very, like it's all running very well. But God, the people that are in it, you know, especially with my dad, he's been in the army. I almost joined the army. It's like, you see how inefficient the government really is, especially when you get closer to these institutions. You're like, Jesus Christ, you know, these are some morons <laughs> we have leading. Like, they're more, they're cowardly. They're they're you know they will just, just dump the responsibility on the small people but people just don't see it and i think this because we're just too busy in our lives you know we have so much i mean just paying the bills is is a is a you know a hard thing to do yeah kind of an ignorance is bliss and oftentimes i do i do think god i wish i was dumb <laughs> <laughs> i i've been saying that for a long time yeah because information just the more you pile on, the more you're like, oh, God, now I got to think about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's every time it's like I get news. I'm like, I didn't want to hear that. That just, just makes me upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially as, as, a, as for me, as a Tim Dillon podcast listener, he gets into a lot of conspiracies and always directs his listeners yeah. to something. And you're always like, oh, this guy gets into deeper and more intelligent like uh angle on conspiracy than anybody i know honestly i'm like jesus i'm like he's late i'm almost thinking like sometimes like this guy working for the government and he's here to just drop like little knowledge bombs on people because they'll <laughs> drop the article they'll drop the the like the people that are involved and i'm like oh my god and i'm like jesus and it's never anything because i have friends that it always it, I, I talk about, I did an article recently about uh, BlackRock, who a uh, big investment firm that was buying up all the houses and making everybody have yeah. to, uh, pushing them in the renting. And my friend, I just hate when people, he's like, oh, we're getting in the tinfoil hat territory. I'm like, dude, lick up the fucking articles, you motherfucker. It's like, people are just very, very, like, just annoying. Dude, that's my hometown, St. Petersburg, where I, where I live. And again, mm -hmm. I, I was lucky enough to buy a house in 2011 that, you know, is worth five times what I yeah. owe for it. Um, it shouldn't be, but it is. But that's, I got a, the, 
there's an alley behind my house and a house got two houses got knocked down and I got a thing from the city uh, or one house got knocked down. They want to lower the plot by five yards so that they can build two houses there for rent mm-hmm. instead of one big house. Got it. And, uh, you know, I'm like, well, I should fight this, but I'm not going to beat this massive corporation. So guess it is what it is. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, it, it's kind of grotesque that home ownership is becoming a, unless you're already in, you're never, gonna, <laughs> you're never going to be in unless you, you know, it's too late to be a crypto millionaire. Yeah. You had to be in on that a, a decade ago. Yeah, I know. That's the thing is, that's why another reason I'm getting a little fatigued of crypto. It's just the sense that I, I want to find what the next new merging thing is. And there are a lot of things like that being built in crypto still. So I'm not trying to poo poo the idea that nobody's going to, I still think Ethereum has room to grow and so is Bitcoin, but I do think there will be, there's always something that comes out, but back to the home ownership, man, it's, that's how I feel. It's like the American, a traditional American dream of owning a, a home and even a car eventually it'll be, I, I work for a startup here in uh, New York and they do, uh, I do their blog for uh, car related stuff and they're talking about car subscription services. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, nothing is, uh, is owned uh, anymore. So it does. It makes sense. It makes sense, you know, and I, I think I will have to probably rent for the majority of my life. So we'll see. Yeah, it's now as someone who likes to drink, I don't mind the car subscription as much, but it does sound kind of fun. Like, I'm not going to lie. That's one that I am cool with. The, uh, the whole not owning a home thing does kind of suck. But the car subscription service, eh, you, know, you know, I don't want to own a car. You know, maybe I don't want to own a I mean, They're going to trick me every which way and not owning anything. But I guess it is depreciating, you know, so. Well, with, with the car, I, I was sitting down doing some basic math. And, I, and my son goes to a gifted school and uh, I'm divorced. So the bus will only pick him up from his ex not his ex-wife's, my ex-wife's house. Um, so, so I have to make like a uh, an hour and a half circuit around the county to get my kids to school uh, uh, two to three days a week. Uh, and I'm like, if I didn't have the, the kids and maybe even I didn't calculate for them, I'm like, there would be no reason for me to own a car. Like yeah. I could get an Uber to a grocery store back from a grocery store. You know, I, I don't, you know, I go I'm, glad to hear <laughs> I'm really glad to hear you say that because I, I noticed in Oklahoma that was not and I really I thought maybe I think there probably is some parts of Florida and a few other states but they're especially in the Midwest if you don't own a car they think you're a homeless person like a lot of times I walked around even Oklahoma City it's like it's a nice city and nobody walks around I mean uh it just it just doesn't it doesn't really like do anything for they're like what like I have a car and I'm like god I that's why I love being back here it's like the one place where it's just like a, an atmosphere of like walking, going outside, you know, and it's like, Jesus Christ, you know, what are we doing here? Yeah. Well, when you think about, you know, not only car payments, but uh, car insurance and, and gas and maintenance, oh. tires, oil changes, all that shit. It's like, that's thousands of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. You know, if I didn't have kids Ubering everywhere I wanted to go, not that no oh, yeah probably cheaper oh definitely i mean it's another dogmatic way of thinking i would say is like it's just like the same thing of like oh you know the 
it's just something you feel like you're just forced to do when it's like, well, no, you yeah. don't have to, you can break out of this mold here. It's not really, when I don't, I always tell people when I have a car, I feel like I can really could keep it for a long time. But when I don't, I'm like, I can make do. Like I can, I'll find a way. Yeah. I, I, I need to bring up before I let you go, your ultra marathon. Ah, uh, yes. The, is that is that like a because I, I I haven't written about health stuff so I'm like curious like how do you uh, is that like I'm not sure where I even like have that posted now honestly because most people are just like oh they don't even know. Um, I think I saw it on uh, on Matchmaker. Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right. I put it on there. Yeah, I think so. Otherwise, I don't know how I. <laughs> Maybe I just. I, <laughs> but but uh one one thing i did and i don't know how how far your ultra marathons were it was I'm, just 30 30 uh 30 and uh like a 28 okay okay well then, then i feel better Nothing about myself too, no david goggins type uh hundreds 20 2017 i think it was and uh right now i'm like 62 280 but but back then i was like 62 260 and i'm mm -hmm. like I'm just going to do an ultra marathon. And, and my buddy's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, why not? I'm like, I can walk most of it. Right. He's like, well, there's only 12 hours to finish it. You got to go 28.4 miles. I'm like, well, that seems super easy. Yeah. Um, it was not, but I didn't no. finish it. It was, oh, it was more yeah, than 10 hours. <laughs> Ooh, man, you spent a day. You could have eaten one of those uh, McDonald's or McGame Bates. You could have inhaled them. So if all that like walking you did. I, my buddy did the ultra marathon with me. So the, he, he ran like, uh, it was a 2.84 mile track. So you had to go 10 times around to get a medal and complete it. Um he ran like the second through fifth lap and I ran like the second and third. And then I twisted my ankle on the edge of a sidewalk because someone tripped and fell in front of me. Got it. So I was like, I can't even walk straight and I've got seven more laps to do. Yeah. This is not happening. My buddies yeah. just gave me some pills and some utter butter and shit. <laughs> That'll do, sometimes I'll get you'll be surprised how much I can silence the pain, but then it'll be 10 times worse after you're done. Oh, my blisters were this fucking big all, all over my feet. Uh, but yeah, I finished it. I'm like, I, I was like limping halfway through. And then uh, one of the people was like, hey, let's 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 get your gate right. I'm like, all right. <laughs> hey, I finished it. <laughs> so That's I do so have cool. a medal for completing an ultra marathon. Hey, there we go, man. That's so what inspired you to do that? I'm curious. Uh, I just wanted to prove I was a stubborn mule. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm not going to train at all for this. I'm just going to say, I bet I can walk further than anyone else. And I, I was having a good time when I was jogging. I have terrible arthritic knees since I was like 12 years old. Like, mm. they're like, yeah, you can't run. Dang. Um, so, but I was enjoying it. And then literally someone like a few steps ahead of me tripped and fell. And I had to like, try to not step on her and yeah. I twisted my ankle on the, on the edge. And then like my whole gate was fucked up for like a lap and a half around the thing. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. He's like, here, take some pills. Uh, 
your your mandates <laughs> have fallen off. Here's some shit for your nipples. Take your socks uh-huh. off and oh, chains them. The Here's some trail toes. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of things that people don't realize what is going on there. Like the chafing. Yeah, the the uh, I remember the first one I ever did. I I was running on the uh, the sidewalk. And it was on an, it just an unbalanced angle, and I didn't realize like I was putting too much stress on my ankle. And by the end of it, my ankles like this like swell up like crazy. And I was like, oh god. It's like there's always there's so many things that you have to factor in. I mean, Jesus, you become like a car at that point, like managing yourself. You're like, ah, oh, God, that thing's out, and then I'm just going to have to go on this way. At, at one point, uh, my buddy's like, "How many? You keep saying you have to pee because I stopped drinking like five days ahead of time, so okay. I'm usually very dehydrated. But I was, and he's like, dude, you shouldn't pee four times in the first. 12 miles of a marathon you should be losing all of the liquid he's like mm-hmm. you're actually overhydrated. <laughs> yeah need to drink salt water <laughs> to, to, to get it to stay inside of you and i'm like okay that makes sense because i'm wondering why i can't finish a lap without being like my bladder's gonna burst <laughs> yeah because i didn't have to pee at all and i'm thinking about it it's like there was no it was all just I had a camel back on my on there too, so I was just uh, sipping water the whole time. But it, I, or the way I messed myself up, I ran a really good thirty miler. Um, I was able to get like three hours and forty minutes, so I really killed it. Damn. But and I, I was training. I was practicing all the time. It's funny because by the time I did it, and everybody I had people come out and like watch and film it, and they were uh, by the time I did it, I was like, wow, it just felt fine. Like I was, I, we literally went to it's uh, from New Jersey to Coney Island. I went to go eat afterward, but that the one place I messed up was with food, which I would have like done differently, but I never really ran that far again. But uh, it was, uh, I ate like a Lenny and Larry cookie and I realized I ate a pop tart, but while in the middle of it, the pop tart is amazing. Like, it really gives you enough like sugary energy. And I was like, Oh, I feel good. The Lenny and Larry cookie. No, it was like my body was digesting and it just nuked me. It's like, That's a heavy. <laughs> it was a heavy one. I used to really eat like eight cheeseburgers and, you know, McDonald's cheeseburgers and stuff. So, that one might be good because I guess because the carbs and maybe it's not too much uh, calories, but I messed up with the cookie. Yeah, I was pissed. Yeah, the, the fun thing was I weighed myself before, like the morning of and the day oh, after. Good. I weighed three pounds more the day after no the ultra marathon. That's, that's how much I overcompensated with fluid and like every, like they had a, a station and I stopped like almost every time like yeah i'll take a half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and i'll be on my way <laughs> that, that's what people don't realize it's all about like fitness it's like i think most of us are just we have like the gluttony kind of seven deadly sin trait we're like i love to eat and like i just want to be able to eat more i want to be like hungry i want to have like a hungry eat you know where i'm like uh, i'm just like but the, the thing is i don't really run too much anymore but <laughs> i do i go to I, I go to the gym afterwards i'm like oh god i'm so starving just give me I, I, I love the buddy that I did it with and he had done two prior and he's like, nah, you won't be the fattest guy there. And I'm like, there's no one even half my size here. <laughs> he's like, it's, I know it's, I've tough. seen big guys. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you really do have like a David Goggins story. Cause that's the, he did like a, his first one, like 200 pounds, you know, David Goggins. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, he was a uh, he did the same thing, and it is t- very, very hard the amount of weight you. I've just gained like uh, from Oklahoma, just like ten pounds, and Jesus Christ, running is like 
brutal on me. And I'm like 180, so it's like it's ridiculous. But the thing with me is I'm a naturally – my dad was a runner, so I'm a naturally skinny person. So if I only do running, I just look like a twig. So I, that's why I just do gym work and, like, other stuff now. But it's, everybody has different, like, problems, essentially. It's like, you know, it's like, that's really it. But if you have weight, God, running is just – a bitch total bitch yeah well that's i i do remember my favorite thing in the aftermath was i, I went for my annual physical like i don't know two three months afterwards he's mm-hmm. like so you gotta lose some weight i'm like yeah i'm like i did do an ultra marathon though he's <laughs> like what i'm like yeah 28.4 <laughs> miles he's like i don't think there's a way someone who weighs as much as you could stay upright for that many miles in a day and i'm like <laughs> It's close oh, to, to 10 God. hours than a day. <laughs> that's, that's what I love. It's like, you can always prove the doctor's wrong. And that's the thing about the ultra marathons, which I do like. It's like, you do have moments where you're like, you know what? Wow, the body can really do some crazy shit. But most of the times I'm just like, ah, God, I won't have to put myself through that crazy shit again. Yeah, I was happy with being one and done. I'm like, eh, I'd yep. love to lose some weight, but I don't want to do <laughs> I don't even want to do a half marathon. <laughs> no, I'm I definitely good. feel that. <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. Um, well, Isaiah, I've kept you uh, quite a long time, and I, uh, I feel like the time flew by. I don't even know how long it's been. Yeah, I, I think it's been over an hour. Oh, there uh, we yeah, go. it has been. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want to hold you hostage much more. But I've had a great time talking to you. Yeah, um, same here. So I will link everything in the show notes, but uh, tell tell my audience where they can find you. Sure. Um, so you can find me on my blog, on Medium. Uh, you can just type in Isaiah McCall. It should pop up. That's a good thing about having uh, the name Isaiah McCall. You just type it in Google and it'll pop up. Um, there, Twitter, and then uh, just my new book, Goal 2.0. Uh, there we go. There's a screenshot. The series of, of cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, I'll hold it for a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty. I'm happy to be done with it. I thought it came out very well. Met put a, a lot of comedy in with with uh, financial literacy and cryptocurrency. So, um, I think it managed to you know do a lot of cool things. So, and I'm definitely now happy. I'm just done with like crypto, and I gotta have like a not done, but I'm I just don't want to have to write another book for a long time. My like, God, books are a bitch. Yeah. His next book will be my next ultra marathon. So <laughs> I put we'll the see. odds on the book. Before we'll the ultra marathon. <laughs> I I couldn't even I couldn't even begin to start. I don't even know, but my God, but yeah, this is awesome, Jeff. I'm ever in uh, around the. I go. I have a friend who lives in uh, Florida. I lives in Miami. I don't know how far away that is from uh, St. Oh, uh, it's it's a good five six hours. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I, I do have them down there, but I don't know. I have a few other family. I'm half Puerto Rican, so I have a bunch of family in Florida. So if I ever come down there, I'd love to hit you up. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, but thanks again, man. This has been an awesome time. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Well, that was it. That was the episode. Thank you, Isaiah McCall. Had a great time uh, talking with him. Uh, someone who I feel confident our paths will cross again because uh, had a lot of fun talking to him very smart uh young funny guy um so you know keep your eye out for him check out his blog follow him on the socials uh they're in the show notes below uh and check out his book um 
yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, so, hey, do me a favor. Uh, if you have Apple, rate this podcast. If you're so kind, you can even write a review. You just write the review that says, I like it very much. And that's it. That's all you have to say. Rate it five stars. You can also rate it on Spotify if that's where you're listening. Uh, click on that link to the IMDB page uh, for my podcast below and give it 10 stars on there. I would appreciate that. I've been hovering around being one of the most popular 100 comedy podcasts on IMDB. Uh, so help me out by going giving me a, uh, a rating. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those things. Just, you know, go ahead and, and add me. I, I realize I'm falling behind as I record this. I need to put out another TikTok in the next couple days to make my two-a-week quota I artificially placed on myself. So, well, you can check and see if I did that. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks, I appreciate you listening and uh, sharing with a friend uh, come back next week for uh, another great episode. Next week is going to be with a Bigfoot researcher. A lot of fun there. Uh, and uh, another good one after that is coming up with a financial guy. Um, and that's actually the, uh, well, we'll get into that later. But it is my uh, long lost episode that uh, was re-recorded. Uh, so that will be out uh, in a couple weeks as well. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next week. Peace.